And Caitlin, in her fucking hubris, is like, <laughs> really? He gets scared of that? <laughs> Nerd on. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd on the podcast. You didn't need but deserve. Where all levels of nerd are welcome. Yeah, great you are. Scott, and welcome to the third anniversary event Woo! of Nerd on. We couldn't have made it here without you, and now that we are here, we're going to be going back in time. <gasps> Today, we're getting our yearly tradition with the first of a classic trilogy, Back to the Future. We like doing this every year, but before we get uh, too deep into time travel, uh, I am one of your hosts, Ali. And I am one of your hosts, Tom. I'm Caitlin. I'm Corey. And I am not one of your hosts. I am Josh. No. (laughs) I am one of your hosts. And this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the NerdOn Nation. That is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the NerdOn Nation, you do get Fun perks, like you get early access to these episodes. You get uh, bonus episodes that nobody else hears but you. You get uh, access to secret channels on our Discord server. Uh, You get discounts on merch. You get all sorts of fun stuff. It's a good time, but uh, check it out. It's a real fun time. Yeah, it's a super fun time. The, The Discord is getting to a place where I open it up, and it's almost like you can't even keep up. Like, there's just so Almost. much going on. So and cool it, guys. <laughs> it's like you're playing. It's really Especially cool. Especially in that food porn channel, don't stop. Food porn and furry friends is, there's always something going on. Um, Neither all the furries, they sound too. Like. <laughs> but, uh, yes, check something out the Nation, uh, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon, and check out that Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. And a huge shout-out to our partners in crime, Apogee Electronics, who have equipped us with these microphones, the Hype Mic, the ultimate podcasting microphone. Cannot suggest it enough if you are looking to do what we do, content creation, podcasts, videos. We use them for everything that we do, and I highly That's suggest true. them. And uh, Odyssey Headphones, uh, they have the official, uh, they have officially uh, recognized, recognized our words. If your ears were mouths, they taste like butter. It's true. And it's true. It's good stuff. It's true. Check them out. They come with that. I mean, if you're watching the video, Tom is showing the uh, fancy carrying case they come with. It's super fancy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like check them so out. nice Take in your hands out if you want. Huh? And then you can't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, check them out. Apogee and Odyssey. And that, my friends, is the housekeeping. Let us go back to the future. <gasps> you know what's crazy, though? You know what's fucking wild what, what is, that? Tom? is that this is the first time and i feel like an eternity that we're able to um uh rate this film at the very <gasps> end of the episode so what minute. does that mean boys and girls darlings and children and adults and, and <laughs> men and women and nerds and furries and all you time travel, you slackers, you. Where are you going, Tom? Um, that that <laughs> means right now we're going to go our first segment, which is one of my favorite segments, and I oh, hope yeah, it's yours baby. too. And it's called <gasps> Guess That Power of the Greatest, the lowest out of 
uh, if you're a brand, if you're brand new to Nerd On, um, you could send your ear uh, drum bills uh, to uh, your medical provider. To your doctors. <laughs> to Not doctor. us. <laughs> Not us. We, we can't afford it. Um, Use but, your volume responsibly. Exactly. So uh, this part of the show is where we're going to go around the digital screens. If you're not watching it on YouTube, you should be. Um, and we're going to guess who's going to have the lowest score out of a rating out of one, zero out of five. And no matter how high the number is, uh, you will be the grump for the week. Um, and since I always explain it and it's been a long time since I've done it, I'm going to go first. Hell yeah. Um, wow. I am going to guess that... The Grump for the Back to the Future 1, the first film of this three-part epic trilogy, Eat Your Heart Out, uh, Endgame, um, is going to be... Um, Corey. Me? Okay. I'm no, fuck. Me. No, uh, I take it back. You said, you said it, it, man. Nope. <laughs> All right, that's one for no Corey. No take-backsies. The only reason... Okay. You thought about it for too long. The only reason I thought of like who likes the second one more than the first one. That's true. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's so not like, wrong. Mm. We also uh, have a limit on score though. Who else we got? Who's uh, next? Who's, who's next? Corey. Popcorn. I'm you. taking I'm taking some notes on oh, Caitlin, go. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be it's tough. Josh. It's tough one. Ooh. Okay. Josh. You know I'm one wrong. For Corey, but one I had for Josh. To pick Josh, what you got? Who you got? Um I'm gonna pick Corey. Okay, two for Corey. Uh, Ali? I'm going to go with... Tom. The fuck? I'm oh, wearing a shirt oh, from the movie. Yeah. You said it. No, you, <laughs> you said it. You it. Yeah, take I'm going to keep it. I'm going to go with Tom. I'm going okay. to say yeah. that's it. Right. That's I want to go I want to go on record saying I don't think there's going to be one. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, we We're do not allowed to, to have that option, are we? No, no, we aren't, which is why I, I followed it up with, but I do have to guess. Uh, so I will say... Mm, yeah, this is tough. I will I say... Ali is like trying not to look at, at the uh, call to be like, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. You doing know what? The, I, yeah, I will pick Ali because he doesn't have a vote yet. So Ali, join he's the ranks. All, he's all yeah. feeling all sad. Join the ranks like, I of votes. I used to get voted on. Uh, and then we got the Nerd on Nation over here. Yes. So uh, tell us about it. Me, yeah. Uh, with this, uh, if you join the Nerd on Nation, you can partake in the polls of Guess That Grump. If you get it correct, you get a shout out on the show. But your votes also go towards the final tally on who reveals what in what order. So with that, <gasps> the Nerd so on Nation has... Voted. Spoken. Yes. And really? They have chosen in majority that it will be Caitlin. What? Meaning, meaning I'm the one with two and everyone else has one. So I get to go last and everyone <laughs> I don't have else any. Gets, oh, do I have You one? do. Yeah, absolutely. 100% you have I'll one. So uh, everyone else, you fight for who goes first and I'll just sit here and smile. Alphabetical. Me? So now uh, we're going to go to the complete spoiler of that, which is going to be. Our uh, initial reactions and uh, first impressions, we're all in spoiler-free territory. So if you haven't watched the film, go watch it. It's it's good for you. It, good. it makes you feel better. Um, who would like to go? Who would like to go? How about, how about, how about yeah, yeah, he's got the most votes. Uh, 
I fucking love these movies. Well, and well, um, I've seen these movies. I, I don't remember the... I honestly don't remember the... I've seen them so many times I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, but uh, I've watched these probably once a year every year uh, that I can remember. Uh, well, if not right. pretty close to it. The only other movies I really watch as much as these, just because they're so feel-good, I watch Lord of the Rings more. Um, but these are such like... I'm uh, either I just want to I'm having a rough night and I just need something to cheer me up. I know what I'll do. I'll watch Back to the Future or I'm having a cozy night in. I just kind of want to take it easy. I know what I'll do. I'll watch Back to the Future. Um, and uh, I think I think I said this uh, when during our stream as well. I said, I think in order, my favorites are one, two, three, four or one, two, three. Excuse me. There's no four like Indiana Jones. Uh, so I would have to say that this one just has a special place. Uh, in my heart, uh, I'm a big fan of Christopher Lloyd and anything he does. And Michael J. Fox is uh, who didn't, as as Tom said, who didn't want to be Michael J. Fox? What what kid didn't want to be when they were they were younger with a, you know, having an old guy as a friend and traveling through time? So, with that said, I love this movie. Uh, Kaylin, I like the movie. Oh, there it is. A lot. I uh, I've always liked. Uh, the Back to the Future movies. I speed watched all of them just to play the Telltale game mm. um, long ago. There's something about that time period that normally I don't really enjoy portrayed in media. But for whatever reason, um, Back to the Future did it in a way where I was like, oh, this is fun. I like this. Is it the um, racism? I don't know what it is. Sorry. <laughs> is it the racism? Or maybe maybe it's the racism. <laughs> Accuracy. Um, Is it calling people spooks? Yeah, certainly <laughs> not really a fan of that uh, to any degree at all. Uh, no, but but they did it in such a way where people felt real and like even these fantastical situations felt real. So just for um, clarification, do you mean like the fifties, that time 80s? period, or the eighties? 80s. Ah. Oh. oh, got it. So well, not I'm the not racism. very fond of the 80s. I'm also not super fond of the 50s It's as well, but especially the 80s portrayed in media specifically. Um, I, I'm not a fan. Um, so any so, 80s movie in general that takes place in like real time. Right. So any of Stranger Things. The, that's a different <laughs> topic. Oh, I feel like that we was We find all of the... It's the well, 80s portrayed in media. <laughs> Right, but but like yeah. no, Back to the you. Future and Stranger Things are like two of the examples where it didn't bother me. Yeah. Most of the time it does, but this these these specific two examples do not. Well, the, um, the interesting thing about that is that the first film takes place in the 80s, so it's a real-life depiction of their own time, whereas Stranger Things remembers all the things of the 80s, so it's highlighting things even harder than what the realistic version would have been. Right. So like if we did a film about like the early 2000s, Everyone is going to have a razor phone, you know. Mm -hmm. Like right. that wasn't a normal thing, but it everyone also has kind of starts with. But that's like what that, people remember the '80s yeah. sort of format of like Breakfast Club, you know, um, like John Hughes movies, like yeah. John Hughes flavor movie. It kind of has that style beginning. You know, I mean, they came out right in the middle of all that. Yeah, but go on, yeah. Kayla. Uh, but yeah, I I like the whimsy of it and. Um, the sciency aspects of it, I I'm, I like it. That's all. We'll get we'll get to all the meaty bits later. Meaty, Ali. Um, I I love this movie. I adore the trilogy. 
Um, I've seen them more than I can count. Um, and yeah, when, uh, it's just, it's the characters are instantly likable. The, um, it's the story is easy to grasp immediately. I mean, when, anytime you're dealing with time travel, you have a, you have a very easy, uh, you know, you can very easily confuse your audience and none of that, you know, there's none of that in this. And it's totally like a family movie. Like everybody can kind of stay on track and, and have a good time. And, and like I said, it has that John Hughes flavor, which I really like and really appeals to me. So it just feels very genuine and very real uh, amidst all this like fantastic time travel. So it's like, it somehow manages to marry those two sort of themes and um, in such a effortless, almost effortless way that it's like, it's hard. It, it's, it's a shame that we haven't seen like so many more examples of like back to, back to the future style movies where they're able to been able to pull off like this so well, like those two themes together. Josh cries in Bill and Ted. <laughs> there are few. There, there's, there's, you know, like Caitlin, to Caitlin's point, there's like shining examples. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, definitely, I would say it's probably one of my like highest shining examples of like sci-fi meets like really humanistic, uh, relatable characters that a character driven story that like is really satisfying and pays off in really great ways. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, and nope. introduces uh, just a slew of pop culture references. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Airware. You want me to go next, Josh? Yes, please. Um, I, I think I can almost count. I think it's at least 52 times because yeah. I think there was a time frame when I was a kid with my sister. Uh, we watched it every weekend. Um, and it was like the old VHSs and like the little plastic, you know, mm-hmm. protector VHS thing, which I always felt was like the asshole thing because I remember like all the Why? Disney films had like the the clamshells and then yeah. all like the adult films had like just the little fucking sleeves. Oh, the little the paper? cardboard and sleeves. And I was like, cardboard. but I was like, these adult films are like the better movies. So why don't they get the clamshell? Because um, adults can handle nicer things and kids will destroy those things. Yeah. So they need well, more that's protection. True. Well, then I was always really, I was always really <laughs> weird that like, why did Miracle on 31st Street get that? And I was like, that's, that's, and to me, that was like an adult Street? movie. 34th Street? Which is 31st Street is the, the prequel. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's three. It's three films. It didn't before. work as well. Yeah. It was the George Lucas first street. <laughs> it's the oh, third. No. It's, the, it's the Lucas pre sequel. <laughs> uh, uh, totally different movie. Just to yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's Klaus actually. So yeah. um, oh, okay. Yeah. So um, but no. Uh, uh, I think um, uh, with this film, it's uh, it's very hard to not enjoy it. Um, it's very hard mm-hmm. to um, pick it apart, and you can obviously look at all the logic loops and all that stuff, and find the factual things that are wrong with it, but there's no denying the amount of um, tension that they're building upon it, the character uh, development that they're trying to implement, and also the story they're telling of this kind of wacky, zany adventure, you know? Um, And I think, to me, Back to the Future is one of the greater trilogies, merely because... um, you know, you can always have the ideas like, I would love to do it in a trilogy. I would love to do it in a three-part or in a saga or in something like that. And the first film feels like I'm going to do everything I can to make this the best film I can make. And if we get the go at it, we can make it. But then we're going to know exactly where we're going to go. And right now, it feels like the climate of filmmaking is that everything has to be a trilogy. There is never just one film. And so sometimes you do just get one chance and you have to do it the best you can. I think that's what this film did. Like... um, and also, in a way, I think uh, it tickles the Corey bone, and I call that the dark humor stuff of <laughs> playing with all the weird incestuous, uh, incestuous Oedipian <laughs> um, stuff. And uh, I've seen countless of interviews of 
uh, Leah Thompson saying like what she really embodied when she was playing the the role of Lorraine Baines. And uh, I, I I agree with it, and I love that. I'm just like, that is some creepy weird shit, and I am I'm about it because it's something that it's 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 the wolf in the sheepskin. You know, it's yeah. the like I'm gonna bring you into this, but then I'm gonna have you tackle these things, and also I will to say, Tom, that. that love has been defined as seeing a part of yourself in someone else. So <laughs> I well, think that that makes sense. In this mm. scenario, until the kiss happens, right? Oh, bleh. She's like, I, I mean, that, that, that I mean, that's the Freudian thing, right? That's why it's funny. Freud yeah. is always just like, I had a dream about getting dessert. That's a sex dream. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? Okay. I feel like I feel like Zemeckis heard someone say that phrase. He went, Oh yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> I think oh. challenge. I think he accepted. also heard that like everyone has an Oedipus uh, complex and everyone right. has an Electra yeah. complex, and they're like, <gasps> <laughs> so he's just like, get pre- get Universal on the phone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so um, no, I yeah, absolutely sound you've been looking for. <laughs> yeah, um, I love this uh, one, and I will do a special shout out of this trilogy, and I'll do it every episode to uh, mutual friend of Corey and I's Netta. She's always like counting me of when we're going to do a whole trilogy, and this is it. So this is yep. uh, I know this is her this favorite. Is- she was the one who got me to dress up. I even went to work on Back to the Future Day, which was what was it, October 2015, and we had a watch party of the second film because that's yeah. when that happened. He goes Aww. to the future. So um, you nerds, you, you dumb bitch. I, I I care about you and I love you. So oh, wow. who's next? Wow. She's the best. Tom's love is very aggressive. For anyone it that is, doesn't know, it's very aggressive. At least it's love. At least so, it's honest. It's there, Josh. Yes, uh, it's just going to be a major echo. Um, I major cannot echo. like the movie. Yeah, I like oh, the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> movies. Um, Back to the Future holds a very, very special place in my heart. That, like Corey said, I've seen it so many times myself that I can't remember when I first saw it. And despite popular belief, I am not um, centuries old. I was born in 1985, oh. Oh. and so huh. this movie came out when I was a child. Lies. Lies. <laughs> um, Lies. Do you have that little feeling that every time they say 1985, you're like, it's <laughs> a good year. Yeah. That was a good year. A lot of really great I movies that, came out in 1985. I have that feeling anytime someone's like, in, in any film or anything, they're like, 1989. I'm like, oh, what a great year. <laughs> they're talking about me. Um, That's good because I was there. That's why they wrote it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, well, I am Marty. Mc- no, um, no. So it's it's just a movie that I can watch and watch and watch and really just. I mean, we're going to talk about all three, but it's a trilogy that I can watch and watch and watch. And it was it was such a joy for those that are listening that go head on over to our Twitch and check out. We did a watch party of all three, and it was just such a joy to watch them back to front and just to experience that again. Um, front to back. With my friends, um, who and uh, the audience, it was, it was, our our listeners and whatnot. Um, He's like, not you, Tom. Oh, no. not you. Everybody in this screen, but Tom. No, yeah. um, even yeah. Lorraine. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was there. Uh, but yeah, I love I love this, this movie, shark. and I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Yeah. Next. All right. So there you have it. That gives everyone a little bit of a sneak peek of what the ratings were actually. And I think Corey's prediction will be um, true. But now we get to our next two segments, which is going to be our brief synopsis and then the production. I got Um, this. Go ahead. Take it it away. away. Um, A young teenaging, a young teenaging, a young slacking teenager named Marty 
uh, befriends a 70-something-year-old scientist-slash-international thief uh, named uh, Emmett, Dr. Emmett Brown. Uh, when the international thief is killed by the people he stole, up, uh, stole his stuff from, the, uh, his crimes catch up with him, some might say. Uh, he's gunned down, and Marty, in a, a bit of panic, jumps into the time machine built out of a DeLorean that the doc had built, stealing said product to uh, manufacture and work on. Goes back in time and needs to find the young Dr. Emmett Brown before he's an international thief and uh, find his way back to the future. Uh, incestuous and comedy things ensue. Uh, and Marty succeeds in uh, making sure his parents fall in love, therefore solidifying his future and uh, using a bolt of lightning that is referenced in a bunch of the beginning of the film is used to send him back to the future. He gets back and finds that there were some changes for the good uh, and everything is back to normal. Uh, at the very end of the film, something needs to be done about his kids. <laughs> I, I love how that that brief synopsis, like you're completely accurate in yeah. it. Yeah. But it feels so like I feel like the way you described it made it sound so much more like badass action adventure yeah. than the like slapstick yeah. comedy. An international of this spy movie. scientist. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. What is his name? And you're like, that's one of my favorite. I tried to base it off one of my favorite synopses I ever saw in a, a TV guide about um, The Wizard of Oz, where it says a young girl from Kansas murders. Uh, a twin and befriends three other people in the hopes that she can murder again. <laughs> well, I mean, like, on paper, he has agreed to to make a bomb for for Libyan terrorists or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Bolivian. Spoilers. I thought it was Libyan. Anyway, it's Bolivia. It's Bolivians. I thought it was Libyans. Thought anyway, it was Libyan. anyways. Let us know. I'm going to find out right now because I don't yep. want to be wrong. I swear um, it was Libyan. But anyways, I'm going to do the um, the production, everyone. Um, so it was distributed by Universal Studios, which gave you uh, such films as the Jurassic Park series, the I Fast and one. Furious franchise, and Despicable Me, with all the means and all that, billions of billions of dollars. Um, Robert Zemeckis is the director who done films like Forrest Gump, Contact, and Welcome to Marwin. Um, producers, uh, Neil Canton or Canton, um, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, yeah. The Witches of Eastwick, and Money Train. Um, Bob Gale, who's done films such as Interstate 60, Episodes of the Road, and Used Cars. Um, Bob Gale also helped write the film um, and also writ wrote films such as 1941, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and then previously stated Interstate 60. Uh, the second writer is Robert Zemeckis, uh, who also helped write I Want to Hold Your Hand, and wrote Welcome to Marwin and uh, The Witches oh, of Eastwick. Witches. So, um, cast, uh, Michael J. Fox. You know him from multiple things, but the three things I'm going to put in this episode, stay tuned for the next ones, uh, really? is Family Ties, The Frighteners, and Designated Survivor. Shout out to his Steve. The Frighteners. Oh, <laughs> my Frighteners, God. Fun baby. fact, there's bloopers where he calls for oh. Doc. In, yeah. And he's like, Doc, why are you keep oh, yeah. saying Doc in the bloopers? And I just I think it's precious. Anyway. Uh, the um, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, second uh, part of the cast. Uh, Clue, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Page Master. Um, the Leah Page Thompson. Master. I know. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Leah Thompson, Howard, who's worked in uh, Howard the Duck, Some Kind of Wonderful, and Switched at Birth TV Show. Crispin Glover, Willard, um, River's Edge, and American Gods. 
and Thomas F. Wilson, who plays Biff, uh, who is in the Back to the Future TV show. I didn't even know there was a TV show. Uh, yeah, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. And I mean, also in uh, several of the Tales of Arcadia animated series. Uh, the release date for the film was July 3rd, 1985. The runtime is 116 minutes, just shy of two hours. Um, and the budget for the film was $19 million, and the gross worldwide is 388.8 million oh, miles dang. per hour. It flopped. Wow. <laughs> That's not what that was, but I understand what you did there. Yeah. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for 96% for critics, 94% for audience. And that's all the production stuff that I need to tell you about. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that I just got a very exciting text from Corey. Um, oh, yeah. It's the Libyans. It, it's Libyans. That's so uh, weird. And I, it's, Jennifer Aniston was not in that. I'm thinking of the Ferris Bueller TV show that she was in. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, kind of fun fact. Actually. But there's, yeah, this is a Back to the Future animated series. So now we're in, we're already in spoiler spoiler territory. Yeah, we, we, we kind of we just jumped the ship a teensy bit on that yeah, one. Yeah, we, we, okay. we blasted through it. So now we go to our favorite parts, which is actually our favorite part of the show, uh, which is going to be our favorite part, favorite characters. And then we're going to do our qualms and then rate it at the very end. So who wants to have at it first? Me. The beginning. Okay. okay. Uh, the whole the whole intro with the clocks, the Rue Goldberg machine, um, the, the the grossness of the dog food, the the clocks, the the setup for Giant amp. the amplifier... Um, the alarm going off, the realization that he's late, like the way, just the timing of the entire intro, I feel like. The house in a parking lot. The, Grabbing onto some random person's truck to get to a school. Yeah. The house is like, like in a parking lot. Everything yeah. that's done is just so well-timed, which feels so appropriate for a movie about time. So um, wow, that is definitely a... a Perfect. It was just uh, like a perfect way to start the movie. It's very subtle too. I like that it's just like the ticking of the clocks, and there's not a lot going on, and it's just. Well, you a have very... the foreshadowing picture too, yeah. right? The the, the picture of the guy hanging off the clock, based off the I forget what the actor is, but it's a very famous silent film. Uh, and the way they shot it back in the day was about. was very very, like state of the art. Like they used this painting in front of a glass that they lined the camera up just mm-hmm. right so it looked like he was hanging over a street like Safety stuff. Last. Is that what it's called? That's the film. Yeah. Safety <laughs> Last. It's so good. If you haven't checked it out, it's on YouTube for free. Like go watch it. Nineteen twenty three film. Wonderful bit of comedy. I read that like um, one, only one of the clocks in that sequence is on is the actual time or something like that. Oh really? <laughs> it's like actually on time or something like that. I'm going to have to rewatch it now. Makes sense. Uh, Makes sense why he thought he was late or didn't realize he was late. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Okay. Um, Probably my absolute favorite is I'm your density. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the milk chocolate Chocolate. right before. (laughs) That whole scene is wonderful. Getting his courage to do that. I mean, there's just there's so many good George McFly. Uh, Man, like, and I want to give scenes. a shout out to to uh, Leah Thompson on this one because she does have like, and I said it during our stream. She has such a subtle performance that I didn't realize until I got older. Like when he's reading her the poetry, you can see there's a part of her that's like, this is adorable. Mm-hmm. Like I I could mm-hmm. be in love with this guy if Calvin wasn't around. She would be. Mm-hmm. Like she finds him so endearing, and she even says she's like, well, he's 
he's, I think he's cute. Well, even uh, like when he says De- Destiny, like she's kind of taken back a little bit. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not like she's laughing at him about no. it. She's like, oh, like oh, he's you, sweet. You, you figured it out for the both of us. Great. Well, yeah. in Hill Valley, there's only three guys in there. There's Calvin Klein, there's Biff, and there's George. So, I mean, <laughs> no, there's, as far as we are aware, yes. Slim Pickens. There, well, there's also uh, Billy Zane. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, no, and, but uh, I, I, I agree with you on that one, Josh. That's a great scene. That's uh, Leah Thompson, just like, I did not give her enough credit for this yeah. role growing up because I think yeah. it's, I, to, I said it in this, the stream as well, but the scene where she's like a total drunk, and then the minute she starts talking about how they fell in love, she just lights up and becomes this different character, and I just I think it's wonderful. And the camera, the shot selection really does help out with that performance too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go next because I think we're treading onto it. It's to me any part with Leah Thompson is <laughs> my favorite part because huh. the thing is one obviously Bay for Day. Two as a young kid, like I think this is when I was really starting to be like, oh, I'm starting to be attracted to women. Kind of feel like I watched this at a younger age, um, but then those kind of like. She's pretty. I li- and all the sexual stuff kind of just went over my head. But I was like, she's oh, yeah. a really pretty person. But as an adult growing up or juvenile, whatever, um, seeing and also watching a lot of the interviews that she was saying like, oh, I know what the script is asking me to do. And I know mm-hmm. this is like, I get to play a little bit more coy than I actually need to be. Yeah. And I think a little duplicitous. To, and that's the fun thing about it is that like, it, there's so many layers of this like, the mother who thinks she was a prude when she was younger, but it's all a facade. And then when she's younger, she is just like, you know, a typical, you know, at the time frame that they're framing it as like a, a high school hormones, high school girl. Of, yeah. Uh, who wants to chase boys and, you know, go through the, you know, the center streets and stuff like that. And to be asked to dance. To dances and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's that sense of like she gets to be too shy, you know, with Calvin Klein, a complete stranger boy who she thinks is cute and be more forwards, like sleep in my room, blah, blah, blah. And it's even more fun that the fact that she plays his mom. And I think to me, like having that mental gymnastic of like what the things that are operating upon the audience of like, she's coming on really heavy and she also lied when she was an adult, but also this is her son. And so there's so many things going she on. She drinks on and smokes. Like- yeah, there's all those things happening to it. So like at every moment you're just like, I think for me, who is I, she? I'm, I'm in love with this. Who are um, you? That's kind of what I, it is the whole so time. What, like, what? Who is she really? It's why I bought the shirt, yeah. baby. And then, um, because also, like, I yeah, Bane, I, Bane. I, I, Bane. Uh, and I I said it on the the stream um, that uh, I think this is what really kind of turned me on to the ideology that women can be uh, assertive and they could be aggressive and they could be the one that are more forthcoming than, you know, the guy has to make the move first. But then she's like, I'm asking you to ask me to the dance. <laughs> and I was just like, it's so good. Um, uh, so I, uh, it's really enjoyable and it's like fun to watch, I think. And it's also a little bit like nerd fantasy of like, wow, pretty girl wants your attention more than you even want it. But then the reason why he's not going after it, cause it's his fucking mom. <laughs> so it's like, don't, it's like, get out of that don't, area. Don't well, do like, it. That's Please the thing. don't it's do like, it. It's the combination of the writing and her performance, because like yeah. this kid, it's such a such a fine line of of like comedy versus creepy, you know, mm-hmm. and it could fall into creepy oh, yeah. at any moment, and it like, dances that full really creep well. mode, right? But it yeah. just dances, yeah, so uh, well, so, so well, yeah, um, and dips mm-hmm. into the comedy more, which is like mm-hmm. the point of it or whatever. Well, I think uh, Corey had a counter during our stream, but uh, any moment, Doc Brown. 
<gasps> oh yeah, oh. All, I think Christopher Lloyd is such a uh, such a gem. I think he's a legend. I, mm-hmm. I from anywhere from Taxi. If you watch his performance, anywhere from Taxi, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, to like, I highly recommend anyone watch the Dream Team. It's not a very well known movie, but it's got Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, it's got Peter Boyle, who was the Frankenstein mm-hmm. and Young Frankenstein. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful movie and Christopher Lloyd is just he he can play such a zany over the top character but like many great comedians uh, like hearken to like John Candy and stuff like that can make this switch suddenly where they're just the most endearing and kind of heartbreaking character that you've ever seen and we see that later in the series obviously but uh, and in this one a little bit as well like at the very end of the film when he when he shows Marty that he actually read the note and stuff like that and. You know, uh, I think I any anytime Christopher Lloyd is on screen, I cannot. I love. I think Michael J. Fox is one of the most charming people ever, but I cannot take my eyes off Christopher Lloyd in any of those scenes. I think he? he's just shines in this. I mean, obviously he shines in this role, but this is just one of those things that he was born to play. He does so. He's just. He's so good at, um, saying something. And then going blank faced and his eyes are super wide. And you can tell that like the inside of his head is like working. So the rest of his body has to shut down because he's thinking too quickly. Yeah. So and he's so, so good at portraying that perfectly to the point where like even like the way his mouth moves when he's doing like what he should be doing socially. Um, Like in the last movie, which I know we're going to get to this later. But like when he smiles and stands for a picture, his, his shoulders are all up. He's like stiff as a board and he's like, yeah, and it, it's and there's little things too, like about how he played this character where it really is for 99% of the time science above all else. Yes. Like he pays 100%. off a cop like he bribes a police officer. It's very to just subtle. Leave him alone because it doesn't fucking matter. What matters is making sure Marty gets to and that's the like side of him bribing the cop. We're like, oh, I can see how he ripped off. You know, he, Libyans. He, yeah, yeah, he totally just committed like international theft, and uh, <laughs> that's just, you know in the name of science. It's all in the name of science. Science. Weather also, experiment. He he became such a like a baller spy out of yeah. nowhere. He's like he he he's so good at uh, you know he's like like this hapless scientist when he's comfortable and around Marty, but when that cop comes up, all of a sudden he's like, yeah, don't no worries, man. I, yeah, I got this over I here. Mean, like it, just, it's. I mean, the weird, the funny thing about the film is kind of like there is nothing more powerful than the motivation of a human. Mm -hmm. You know, like when Marty has to like, I have to make sure my existence is guaranteed. Like I will do anything and everything to make sure that my dad asked my mom out to the dance. Like Doc Brown's like, I will do everything and anything to make sure that the time space continuum doesn't get destroyed. (laughs) And uh, that one's kind of a little bit bigger, but but yeah, (laughs) they're they're all big. That's uh, that's actually kind of my favorite part. We all have our part, own stakes. Yeah, is literally. the uh, is that is that is him doing the space invader sort of thing? Dark to, <laughs> to George. Oh, yeah. He said he's gonna playing, melt my brain. Yeah, with playing like Eddie Van Halen and yeah, and then that and then my favorite thing is at the very end when he gets his books or whatever, and it's like influenced on, off of that. A hundred percent. It's a, a match made in space. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just love that whole through line. Of you'll like this, then Ali. Uh, I don't know if you're here for this. I said it earlier, uh, but that scene when he puts the tape in, it very purposely says Edward Van Halen and not the band Van Halen. Yeah. Do you know why? 
because it like he couldn't get the rights for the for the whole band or something but like you, that. So, yeah, but Eddie Van Halen just did a favor. He was like, "I'll yeah, do that for you." He'll do for it, Zemeckis, and, and he just shreds on like, it for shred. a minute. It's all in yep. Sharpie, anyways, on the tape. Yep. So it's just like it just says Eddie Van Halen. It's awesome. Yeah. It's. I think that's such. I love when people are just like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what my label says. I'll just go do that for you because I think it's cool. Well, also like it's the one they could be like friend of a friend of the film, so it's like well, that friend thing. So there's that wonderful endearing thing, but also like you get your music in a movie, but then you're stuck in stupid it's industry kind of like bullshit. The that you're like, yeah, and, the, and Monty Python kind of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, it's like I just wanted to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. so I paid for it. Being yeah. a part of something yeah. like this. Um, I'm also gonna sneak in my second favorite part, which is nope. like. Can't do it. Um, no. <laughs> it is because it's technically part of the first movie, which is yeah. where we're going. We don't need roads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. it's, I mean, like having watched a movie about time travel where you went back in time and like not Where'd necessarily knowing about a second movie and then him saying where we're going, we don't need roads kind of implies that you're going to be going to the future or not necessarily, but it's kind of exciting in that way. And that was just a really cool moment. And, well, I mean, and of course, when it and the reveal off, of the new, you're just like the oh, new DeLorean, like, where you're like, oh yeah, oh, the flying, the di- and yeah. you're just like, and oh the, I mean, the, 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 that's the thing I love about I think good filmmaking is that like again, without trilogy making, it's more of like, this is what I'm going to talk about, and then there's like the first part of the film is like this is how I'm going to talk about it, and then the layer through the film is like I'm talking about it, I'm talking about it, and at the very end it's like, did you get it yet? And then at the very yeah. end of the film, the last lines or last few things is like. Now I'm going to get you to a point where you're going to want more. But then right. it's up to me to give you that more. And so yeah. that's what I think the film does just as a standalone. It's like wonderfully just so well, well to done. your point, like, and, and we've seen that in like another great example is like the, the first Matrix movie, right? Where it was like super self-contained. It's like, yeah. want more? Let's, you know, maybe go get some more. But um, like to your point nowadays, it's, it's all, it's, it's a little too thought out in the sense of like, they like save ideas for another movie, you know, MCU classic villain of this or whatever. Uh, but like you Anything. miss that sort of let's just give everything we can give because there might not be another movie, right? Mm-hmm. So like let's just give it all of our creative energy and all of our cool ideas and yeah. make it work somehow, and, and then we'll have and then trust cool trust ideas. in that. And if it's successful, <laughs> that means that we can come up with new ideas that our ideas are good. Yeah, you know. So like that's I want I want to see more of that come back to Hollywood. Uh, you you have to. Cool. I mean, I, I talk about it a lot. And I feel like a broken record, but we have to give money to the people who are trying to take risks. We can't mm-hmm. do it to the for sure money grabbers. And we have yeah. to give money to people who want to save the clock tower, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. The, save the, the, first, save the clock tower. The first GoFundMe That was people. a good, that was an amazing moment also. Yeah. Um, I would say my interrupted smooch. Oh yeah. No, no, that, that bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, get out. <laughs> um, send me your website. Uh, uh, my, my, I think my very, very favorite part is the f- is the first uh, when they're filming the time machine for the first time before the Libyans come mm. and <laughs> Doc Brown. The uh, Bolivians in my head canon, but the Libyans uh, in reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just such a. There's a little moment that we pointed out where he's he's pointing the car at him and Marty, and Marty starts to inch away, and Doc yeah. just gives him this look like, "Where the hell do you think you're going?" And pulls going? him back next Marty? to him. Yeah. And he's and like, like some uh, sort of weird suicide pack kind of thing. Like, if this doesn't work, we're both going. Um, but it's just how confident he is that it'll work. And I just think that whole that whole scene is really, like Tom said, really wonderful exposition. It's the most fun I've had learning about the rules of a movie it's, in a movie. It's non-expository <laughs> exposition. Where yeah. you're learning because the character's learning and you need to learn it. And oh, it's not bad yes, to learn. Yes, yes, it's yes. the it's no, the um the series Bible 
uh, in yeah. a couple of minutes. And, and it's, it's yeah. so wonderfully well done that you don't know you're learning it. Yeah. You don't feel smacked in the face by I, it. You're like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 hate to, I hate to do this. And, you know, Corey is always a big you're going uh, to. gatekeeper. I'm going to call it gatekeeper oh, of geez. comparison is the G- oh. Thief of Joy. Yes. But it's something that I think J.J. Abrams could do a little better. Because <laughs> it's, it's just like sometimes like, I'm going to parallax shot. And now this is where all the exposition happens. Like, no, stop. Just show the thing Stop. instead of just and then it's like have it happen while it's happening while they're at the thing or something like that yeah you know, instead of being like the future is has done very yeah. well yeah, yeah. Um, so um uh, yeah it's, so it's, I think it's really well done that is my i think that's the scene that i start getting all the feels in like oh we're do, we're watching back to the future like this is this is the part where i'm like oh man this it's, is it's starting yeah um, so i that just left that, such an impact on me and it's such a memorable scene like I, you know the fun, the funny thing for me, the thing that gets me and what makes me go like, oh, this is like the movie has started in my brain is when he um, wakes up in Lorraine's bed. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it is like a complete, like, I had this dream. I was in 1950s. They're on my hope chest. Blah, blah. And then, no, well, it's just the whole in the darkness where he's just like, yeah. oh, blah, blah. He's like, you're safe now Good in 1955. And it's like, what? And then it's like, oh, that's the mom. It's like, holy crap. And it's like, this is like where, like, it's just like, it the, wasn't all, just all, a the, dream. all the balls and all the plates get thrown in the air. You're like, also, oh, for shit. those of you who don't know, hope chests were a very, very real thing. Yeah. Uh, so into, into the 60s and 70s. It was basically a chest that you would, like, my mom told me about her hope chest where she put like Bon Jovi records and stuff like that. And like things that you would, would want to come. It's basically like a vision board for the fifties. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would say. That's where you, you put all your hopes and dreams in your chest. Yeah. And like in a lot of, a lot of older films, you see like, you know, someone going through their stuff and then they crack it open and then like the dust. It's a much more romantic vision board. It's like the time time capsule that you didn't bury. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, so so I think the versions of it exist today, but I think a hope chest is is like the for me, I'm like, that's 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 as a romantic. I was like, oh, I love, the idea of having like a chest full of hopes and dreams is very. Yeah. The superfluous version of that is me. like putting his pants next to her hope. Putting chest. it on her hope chest. Oh, they're not in it, but they are so on, it. on it. On it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you would fall in love with her. Maybe. I, w- I want to say one favorite part for sure is just overall music choice and score yeah. alan silvestri music oh, yeah. also power of love so and also earth angel and sandman I love that, that uh huey lewis wrote power of love basically out of spite and just wanted to <laughs> want to give us that story Corey. yeah so the guy who wrote the ghostbusters theme mm-hmm. uh they went to court because he lifted some music from huey lewis in the news and huey lewis saw i think he, i don't remember if he won or lost i haven't looked it up in a while but I know that he was like, there's a lot of money in writing songs for movies that I lost because of this guy. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say yes to the next movie that hits my doorstep. And it was Back to the Future. So wow. he was like, I'm gonna fucking write a song for this. And he did. And uh, it's a wow. great song. <laughs> my uh uh one part that's my favorite that's so I actually really love the 50s. Um my dad, uh, like, I grew up on, like, oldies but goodies and, like, hot rods. Like, my dad loves my loves hot rods and that kind of era and that kind of stuff. So seeing, like, the dance, the dance and uh, uh, Johnny Be Good, like, I loved the song Johnny Be Good. Um, just that whole sequence and how it plays out and just the dance. And, mm-hmm. I mean, really, and even just kind of before that and around that zone of when uh, George punches Biff, like, this... That whole dance sequence is just 
a lot of fun to me. And I love Marty just lo- losing it on the guitar. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun to... to Out of body experience. Love it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they had used, uh, in Ghostbusters, they had used a Huey Lewis song as temp music. Yeah. And uh-huh. that's why it inspired that song. And uh, uh, apparently, they, the, the, no, there was no loss or anything, but they settled. Oh, okay. That's what it was. So, hmm. it was I knew they went to court for it. Um, and he was just like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to make my own. <laughs> one one uh, last uh, for me. Uh, favorite quote always is when he goes heavy and Doc Brown goes, heavy, there's that word again. Yeah. Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational Earth's pull? Um, I just gravitational I love pull that because he's just like, all of the phrases that we say that are just slang that you're like, yeah, out of context. <laughs> that, that does make sense that it like would not make sense to you. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is everyone using dope nowadays? What's, what, what, why is why yeah. dope? dope. <laughs> as we learn later on, far out. Yeah. I don't know. It was right in front of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We, can go, we can go on and on for favorite parts. Let's do oh, easy. favorite characters, and let's do our top two characters. Top two? Okay. I'd have to say Doc Brown for me. Uh, I just I, I just think he's great. I think he Christopher Lloyd deserves all the recognition in the world for his performance in this movie. And then I would have to say... Uh, we're doing just main characters, essentially? I said two characters. Okay. Well, then I would have to say, I would have to say uh, Lorraine for sure. Mm. She's such a pivotal point of the, she's such a pivotal piece in this movie. Yeah. And to Tom's point, and like I said earlier, like I just did not give uh, Leah Thompson enough credit when I was growing up. And I think her performance is so layered uh, and so well done in, in a movie that doesn't necessarily need it, but she did that for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was going for, for the Academy me. Award. Um, yeah. Also, Goldie Brown is pretty fucking. I'll I'll go flip. <laughs> uh, uh, mine is uh, Lorraine, and then it's Doc. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think Doc um, offers this type of energy that is like unnecessarily a little bit more frantic and manic than Marty needs, but it's what we want. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Lorraine, where it's like, it, it, again, it's just so risque, but it's also so endearing to watch. Yeah. Well, um, Doc gives um, it the urgency. Yeah. That Marty doesn't have really, yeah. So, um, and also just uh, you know he does he does the best <laughs> trying to get those cables <gasps> connected. <laughs> That's my favorite scream <gasps> is when he accidentally pulls the other cable out from the, under the tree and knows he has to get down there in like thirty seconds. It's <laughs> oh, also I want to shout out everyone who's playing the Nerd on at Home game. If you aren't watching the VOD of the Twitch stream, go watch it because I want you to get to the part when. Doc gets up to that clock tower, and Caitlin, in her fucking hubris, is like, <laughs> and she she fuck, she goes, really? He gets scared of that? Then I was like, Caitlin, we Guys, played we the tutorial. Record. We played the tutorial of Kingdom Hearts, no. and you fucking I jumped think Tom out of your and seat. Josh both have ripped shirts because <laughs> we it's, have we have video evidence of a door opening and you going. Ah! It's not wrong. And so wait, so the 70, no, not at this point, he's like, what, 50-year-old man, climbs up a <laughs> clock tower, breaks into the actual out, out, outward scaffolding, lightning, lightning strike, it's windy as shit, and there's a like a jaguar panther thing, statue, Mouth that, meets, that meets him in the front, and you're going to be like, really? really? And then we're on Paradise Island, you're a little boy in swim anyway, trunks, and uh, you're jumping next? on a bridge. I'll go next. Caitlin, who uh, are your so, favorite characters? Uh, Caitlin, get her out of there. <laughs> Literally go on Paradise Island. Uh, 
I mean, my immediate my immediate thoughts are like Doc and Marty because they're great. Yeah. That's but, but I'm I'm great. very called as my second because Doc is first. But my second, I kind of want to make it Biff. Mm. Yeah, he's so. Because I, I also want to give a shout out to to that actor for just like bringing it through this series and playing like six different Biffs and yes. like giving them each a unique and memorable characteristic. But like, and in real life, being hate- a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like super, super. He's like down John, he's like Joffrey like from all the fifties. them, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's one thing to to be like. You know, uh, <laughs> just I can hear him in my head, Mr. McFly, Mr. McFly. The oh package yeah, came in. I'm just I'm just putting on the second coat now. No, when uh, he comes now in with the, with the books, when he comes in with the books, and he's just so excited, he's like, oh, Mr. McFly, Mr. McFly, oh, yeah. it, it, it's here. But but yeah, like they they he did such a good job at being someone who's like just not redeemable, effortlessly yeah. evil, attempted yeah, rapist. We effortlessly. Hate him. <laughs> Yeah. And, a, yeah. and a murderer. You're not wrong. Attempted murderer. Like, I, like he has the, no problem like being this awful person. And that's just like, oh, yeah, if I can get away with it, then great. Like What, what always encapsulates me as like what a shitty person says is what I hear from him and saying, looky what we have here. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to, oh. Apparently he improvised the catchphrases, getting the catchphrases wrong, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. And they awesome. just kept it through the, oh, we, the through line. Yeah. Make, Make like, like a, a tree, tree and get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. And Butthead was his own his own improvisation as well. Wow. Nice. Which he I thought was like... Yeah. The so so don't Dude's be misconstrued got it. in got that it. like yeah. favorite character and that like, oh, I love him. So dreamy. No. He's it's more like what the person. actor brought to it. it oh yeah. What the actor brought to that character. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if that wasn't that this char- this actor, I don't think it would have been the same. I agree, a hundred percent. I don't think anyone else. Someone's got to be the villain. Way. Why not do it well? Yes, mm-hmm. and it was done very well. Yeah, uh, all um, your yeah. Josh? I'll go. Um, I my favorite top is Doc Brown, uh, but my second is going to be George McFly. You have I multiple just, tops, mm, huh? For your bottom. Okay, yeah. Go on. I knew yeah, Tom yeah. was going to go there. That's why I was smiling because I was like. <laughs> Tom's gonna make mm-hmm. a joke. Yep, mm-hmm. he's gonna make tops a joke. Tops and bottoms. Uh, Josh is a power George. bottom. Everyone listening, <laughs> young George. Uh, yeah, a young George young McFly. George? I I can't help but seeing myself in high school of just being nervous around girls oh. and just like, you know, he's he's trying and he's yeah. smart. You have, you have a little notepad. Like, he's be just, like, <laughs> he's the perfect casting for that. Yeah. I will say though, opposite of of Biff, everyone on the set said he was very strange and very uncomfortable to be around. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about really? the character, not the actor. The actor's yeah, a no, strange no. This guy. Is the, I'm saying it's the opposite of Caitlin's <laughs> thing, where it is the character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Oh. I agree. I think I think Crispin Glover, as off uh, whatever he was off screen, brought such a such a heart to this character that you really do root for him the entire time. From the minute you meet him in the diner, yeah, uh, and him and Marty are both doing the the head scratch thing. I just think it's I don't know, man. At the exact when, same time when Caitlin's favorite part of when they're having dinner. Ah, 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 oh yeah, no. <laughs> it's so good. I Dude, I dislike that laugh. Older so George McFly. Strongly. And but he it's is the, it's on the, peanut brittle or something while he's yeah, eating dinner. Yeah, peanut brittle. Right? Yeah, he just, and so. how he pours, he pours like it, the entire crumbs box everywhere. Of, Peanut just, brittle everywhere. He just nature and valleys it. Immediately shoves it in someone else's face. It's Marty's face, and, and Marty goes no, and he immediately takes it back and just starts. Takes like, it back, starts eating it. 
immediately ignores everyone, <laughs> looks at it, and it's just like hanging off and like. <laughs> like it sounds like you're dying. I don't yeah. know, maybe and so. I love when she asks so him, uncomfortable. What, and what were you doing in that tree? Was it bird watching? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't have an answer because <laughs> I was watching you. Uh, I was watching you change. On. <laughs> also, uh, can I just give a shout out to the dad? Another one of these kids jumped in front of my car. <laughs> another one. Another, another one. kid. How many has he but, hit? Also, that, also that means, means a bunch of boys are peeping toms in yes. that, that neighborhood. But also, Lorraine is a <laughs> Lorraine is a babe. So and yeah, she's she changing is. with her windows open. I'm just yeah. saying on purpose. On purpose. How many uh, boys did she have by the window over for dinner? And she put yeah. her hand on their leg. Uh, Ali. Uh, my favorite character is uh, Doc number mm. one um, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that we've stated. Uh, but I also I just want to give a shout out, and I feel like deserves to be a character. And it's the courthouse. I feel like oh, it's the such clock a tower. pivotal. What's that? Are, the did clock you tower. choose? Yeah, the the a yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. I chose a place. Okay, uh, it is kind the whole of square. actually when you think a about just the really the building. I mean, the oh, out, the yeah. kind of like outer facade of the sort of building with the clock tower. Just like when you think of the courthouse slash clock tower. What I mean, you th- when, when you think about eye. it in this trilogy, it is a defining a defining it really piece is. of this trilogy. And that, I even notice it. Um, We'll talk about it in the next episode, but I didn't even notice for the longest time that Biff's tower is like built on top of the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If like you ever you go to Hollywood Horror Nights, you get to, they turn that into a, a maze or tower. you get to go right by it. Shout out to my friend Carly who got to be on a, a house MD. They did an entire scene in that front of the yeah. courthouse and it was, she was like, it's the coolest thing to be there. But it's like, there are so few places where like, or a few movie movies where like a place or like a building is such like an important iconic thing that I agree. It sort of yeah. changes throughout the movies and so yeah. You okay, Kaylin? I'm like now picturing the clock tower as like as a character in this series, mm-hmm. and we're basically like like seeing the the first movie is the clock tower at the end of its life, the clock tower and the second movie is in the middle of its life. And then the clock tower in the third movie is the beginning of its life, like when the mm-hmm. clock tower is born. I never yeah. thought about that, but now I am. Like, but <laughs> now uh, I well, the can't first movie would be the middle of its life, right? Because they rebuild it, they fix the clock tower, right? And then it's fine by the second movie right. in the future. So that would be the continuing onward forever. <sighs> time travel. Back in time. We're going back. Quams to the clock uh, tower. So qualms. Um. You know I have one. Which one is it? I spoke about it so er- much during the stream, how much it bothers me, that they suggest that a white man oh, wrote yeah. Johnny Be Good yeah. and Chuck Berry fucking stole it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan maybe, of that. Maybe they were like, Huey Lewis would understand us. Uh, I just... Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I, it just, to this day, is like a... What are you Ooh. talking about? Didn't you watch La La Land? That happens all the time. <laughs> White people. Like La La and, yeah, how do I feel about La La Land, Tom? <laughs> and, and 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 jazz and hip hop. That, that, a white that. guy saves jazz. I got it. The a white guy and an actress like an save jazz. It was probably just like um, an innocent thing the writer like threw in, not thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think it came yeah. from them loving that song and being like, oh, well, we'll just put that it's Marvin Berry. Uh, like, but the context, if you just take a like yeah. a second to think just about what you're extra, insinuating. Extra yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those. Th- this is one of the things that don't age well, you know. Yeah, uh, it's yes, you know, like I think, you know, 
uh, talking about other films that we've t- covered over, you know, like um, that are older films that have like things like cross dressing and stuff like that. Like those don't age that well in in, in context nowadays. Sure, yeah. And so like it's interesting to see like where like under scrutiny, you know, certain things can happen. Yeah. So it's, it's I just it doesn't break the movie for me. It's just yeah, one of those yeah. things where you're like, ooh, because it's such it's a quick thing and then it moves on. But at the yeah. same time, you're just like. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, to, to add to that, like, it's not a qualm, but it's something that we did talk about of, like, the whole, like, so this timeline that Marty has now established is intact. So now he will be named Marty in the future, and he will have parents who have met him in the past. And named also, Marty slash Calvin Klein. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a logic gap to me. It's not, to me, like a, it breaks the movie, but it. But what's interesting is really Bob Gale. Wanna, it kinda, yes. Bob Gale went on record this year, just a couple of months ago. To explain that, mm-hmm. oh, like go his, for it. His, really? And this is—I'm just going to read because I really like the way that he explains it. He says, "Bear in mind that George and Lorraine only knew Marty slash Calvin for eight days when they were 17, and they did mm-hmm. not even see him every one of those eight days. So many years later, they still might remember that interesting kid who got them together and on their first date." He continues. But I would ask anyone to think back on their high school days and ask themselves how well they remember a kid who might have been at their school for even a semester or someone you went out with for just one time. If you had no photo reference after 25 years, you'd probably have just a hazy recollection. So Lorraine I want to. I want to. I want to. Go ahead. That's oh, just no, a, that's, go for it. I just yeah, think no, it's no, funny no. that after 35 years, he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go uh-huh. ahead, Tom. Yours so, is probably well more formed than me. But. Well, no, it, it's not even like a, let me talk about it, but I'm going to attest to that because mm-hmm. I'm going to ha- I'm going to tell everyone in the nerd on nerd on world, I helped two people get married, and Aww. those motherfuckers didn't even invite my ass. <laughs> so this is what ha- this is what had happened. I had known the dude for all my high school career, and he was he was an Asian dude, so we you know we was homies just at, just at the gate, and uh, when we graduated high school, we still kept in contact. Um, and then after high school, like, so he was, um, him and his family members were all like spreading apart because they were all going to college and stuff like that. And it became this thing. Cause I was like the director boy to like do a video project with all my friends who were like leaving. And I was like, what do you want to do? Like, we should do something together. And he's like, let's just shoot like a music video. And so like, this is early YouTube when you can get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. And we shot a music video to a song and I was like, hey, man, this is what you want to do. Do you want to bring in, you know, somebody to be like your opposite or something like that? We can cra- craft a story. We crafted this whole fucking story, shot all these things, took like three weeks and all that shit. And he got, he, he, uh, he was like, I don't know. And then I was like, let me ask some friends. And I, I literally brought in this girl that I never met. And I was like, you're just going to do these things and all these parts and all that stuff, you know, small directing, producing. Afterwards, they started dating. And then after that, they got engaged. And after that, they got married. And then I'm just like, if if I never, if I never made that thing with you, you would never have been together. But you don't even remember me. (laughs) So I'm just so upset sometimes. (laughs) You were were the Calvin Klein. Yeah. So here's here's my rebuttal (laughs) to this whole thing is that I, I could maybe understand that maybe they don't, remember the kid that they spent a week with that got them together. However, as we established in the beginning of the film, Lorraine remembers very vividly details about how they got together and fell in love. So she's not a slacker on her memory. 
I also would argue that if you were to show me the spitting image or a picture of someone who helped me and my wife get together, such as maybe my kid looking identical and being named the same thing, I would also remember, you also can't tell me that Biff doesn't remember the guy who ruined his car, even though when he's old Biff, he remembers the manure in the car and everything. This is also the guy that punched him when he was already knocked out, who he chased around the school. Like, I, I, I love what Bob Gale's saying, but like too many. Too well, many I'm also going to say this too. Parents would remember the weird kid who he hit with his car because that's like a weird insurance thing. You um, kind of almost committed vehicular manslaughter. I, I want to also add to. Um, there's a thing that they, they introduced to this film, which I think is a really cool mechanic called like I, I called it like time echoes or time uh, totems, where like oh, the yeah. picture right mm-hmm. it, like it phases away as Marty like starts losing his connection to the future. What does he tell Lorraine and George? Hey, hmm. if you have a kid. Yeah. And he burns. I said that during the stream. He burns the carpet. <laughs> so obviously that shit happened. So they remember. Oh, you remember? I remember a piece of advice, but I don't remember who said it. But I'm going to make sure I do it because you know what? It happened. And so it's a also, little. Also, you're like, telling me you don't remember the guy who fucking crashed the night you fell in love with a weird ass guitar solo and literally brought the room to a standstill. I would tell that story for years. Every kid he, in that school would remember that story. Also, also he. He was no longer in school after the dance. Yeah. And so it's like, well, what happened to the kid? So you would probably have, it would probably be a little, it stand out a little bit more as that weird kid who like got us together and like disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. yeah. And was so, like aggressively, if anything, I would almost think that George would have been like, oh my God, that was the alien. Yeah. I also would argue that Lorraine, when telling the story, would be like, well, this guy, Marty, did take me to prom first, but I ended up going yeah. home with your father. Um. Oh, There's I, too many, Josh. Too- <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm, I'm just reporting yeah, what he, he said. It's I not know. my it's, point. It's, I think it's, I a, it's, a, it's a wonderful gesture, but I do like actually how Matt Groening did it in Futurama. In Futurama, he just became his own grandpa. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. He's like cut, cut the loop. It's like because to him, time is in that that world though. Time is not linear. No, genetically, he is his own grandpa. Right. Yeah, but, but then she in her journal because time said, isn't linear. It's 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 a circular. Loop. I mean, yeah. he could be his yeah. own grandpa and yeah. still exist, as yeah. opposed to like right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that. Any, any, any other qualms? Any other qualms? No. Here's the thing, though. It doesn't bother me because oh, it's suspension well, of disbelief. So, like, uh, don't remember him. It's fine. Right. Yeah. There, there is the some. Sus- the suspension of disbelief is real strong in this movie. Yeah. We're already going real back strong. in time. Yeah. There, there is. Um, there are some. Uh, continuity errors here and there, but again, that doesn't yeah. break the film for me. But I was something Some like, she already put the cup down. The Libyans bothered me a little. I don't know. I can't. Did quite you not like my... that they were blinged out in like jewelry? <laughs> I don't know what it was. That they, silver I mean, ring got me. I'm I mean, like, they were damn. they were particularly cartoony, which made the violence feel less violent. Which it um, maybe needed to be for a family film, right? I mean, also so, no yeah. blood either. It's it's a sixteen year old kid who's just witnessing an old we man. We were getting also at war during that time. For yeah, war. to be fair, like for the time, it would have been like Chinese or Russians or you know what I mean. Like it would have been like it wouldn't have been better if it was any other. Like they would have picked a race or a group. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, like, yeah. It's, he picked it, the one that we were at war with during nineteen eighty five. Yeah. It's yeah. caricatures. Right. It's it's you know it's like Russian red and yellow you know yellow fear whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Let's just uh, stick to Nazis. Yeah, that's yeah, always that's, easy. That feels that's universal. always easy for me. I think always. the yeah. thing that it has it, gotten played out so much Nazis because it's are so the bad of history. Yeah, like yeah. they're just unequivocally yeah. evil. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Effortlessly, you hate them. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll no, we have no more qualms. 
Now we get to the rating. Rating. So it's you guys hash it out, and I'll just say. I here. think just do it since there's so many of us. Just do it alphabetically. All right, Ollie, Ollie. Caitlin, me, Tom. Uh, mine's a five. Ooh. Boom! Five from Ali. Five from Ali. Go ahead, Caitlin. Caitlin. <gasps> it's a five. Okay, five. I pause okay. for the fact. Josh, our audio yes. listeners like that. <laughs> yeah. Five. Go ahead, Josh. Five. five. For okay. Wow. Tom. Uh, it's a four. Five. It's a five. Okay. <laughs> A four or five? I, I'm sitting pretty at a f- uh, just a five. Five. So, uh, okay. so actually, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were right. It's not a you choice. Technically, you were, were right. right. Technically, but I was bound by the rules of the yeah. game, so yeah. no yes. one's right. No it, it, grump this no week. Grump. It's, it's, grump. Grump. it's like Spider-Verse. Yeah. Well, okay, so Nerd on Nation, I feel like we're going to have to like discuss of why you thought I was going to be the grump. Caitlin, because no, you pick no. things that like... All of us go, what? To be the thing that you're like, technically, that's a hey, thing I that ruined it sh- for me. And you're like, I do want to give the shout out though, because technically they were right. <gasps> oh, yeah. Right. Or I guess what? everyone would get a shout out who voted because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give a shout out to Dana P, Mitchell G, uh, Charlotte G, Mora, and Matt R. You guys were all right. <laughs> we all, all right were the grump, and or we all, all weren't wrong the at the same yeah. time. It's like a time well. space continuum. Well, uh, real quick, I do want to just do a little linearama of some things. Maya, I should run for Maya. I was surprised <laughs> that wasn't your favorite part. Tom quotes that in an obsessive amount. There, no, the thing is, the, the, the film has too many things, and also like you know the moment where George McFly puts the fist together, left hand swings at Biff. It's such a wonderful moment. Oh yeah, it's like the, the spins him around. Dun, the tension's happening, and then you hear the magical. You see him push her down, and he like looks at her and is like overcome. I just love, yeah, I love that moment because he's such he's such. It's just his courage. Everything in him, like his courage is finally coming. We get it, Joshua, too. We get it. You said it. I, I'm only using it. I mean, you did say it. Um, also, the part where, like, the, you know, George also is about to lose Lorraine again and, uh, like, gets into himself again. And then Marty's dying and his hand's disappearing. Um, and then, like, when he actually, like, pushes the kid down and then Marty comes back up and it's just like full jolt. The camera moves with him and it's like this, the music comes back up. You're like, oh, it's like, hey, okay, we're, we're good. We're in a good place. And then the Johnny B. Good moment is just like a victory lap feel of the moment of like, they're, they're going to win. And then he gets immediately killed with like, you have to get here quick. It's like, oh shit, we're not there yet. We're, oh, we're not man. out of the woods. And so All it's right. a wonderful amount of tension to like, it's not going to happen. Tension is not going to happen. I got to shout out the extreme tension leading up to the like oh. lightning bolt because I for those oh, that were there at the stream I was freaking out Can't, I was like I know it's gonna be fine but I'm very it. upset and it, it that'll happen when you don't watch a movie like this for Didn't a couple years and sequence. it's a it's a master class in tension that last oh. little bit oh yeah oh. it can get you I also so high I, I, I like that we all noticed that like and I had never noticed it until that we were watching it on the stream that Doc gets electrocuted for like a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets shocked. Electrocuted there, there's a moment where he like, it doesn't all the way connect. And for but some I, reason, the one line that always gets me that I always love is when it's the new future or the new present, I mean. And mm-hmm. um, George McFly, when he's responding to Biff, when he goes, now Biff. 
Yeah. <laughs> just for Don't some reason, the me. way that he delivers yeah. it just it cracks me up. To be, I mean, and to be fair, Biff was conning him. Right? Yeah. Biff's a piece of shit through and through. Yeah. So oh, I mean, I was just starting the second coat. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like Doc getting electrocuted for like a second actually feeds in to my theory. Shocked. If he's electrocuted, he died. That that Doc Brown is Doctor Who's dad. And we'll get there in the coming episodes. Got you. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Doctor oh, yeah. Who? Yeah. The Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been around for over 50 years. Well, everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. <laughs> no, On that, uh, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening to uh, episode one of our three-episode mega anniversary <laughs> mega <laughs> event. Um a lot of movement. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, really, thank you for the past three years um, for being a part of this journey. If you're new to Nerd On, welcome. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, also, check out it's our about website. time. NerdOn. <laughs> you can do it, Tom. He's allowed in this episode. Yeah. That's that was a good, good one. Though. That was that was really good. good. <laughs> oh, Corey, wow. no. Don't encourage him. Um, okay. So... <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Check out our website. Uh, do consider joining the NerdOn Nation uh, that is powered by Patreon, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. Like I have said many times before, it does allow us to keep growing, to keep consistently making content and keep upping our um, quality. Getting better. And, keep going uh, in the future. Join that Discord. It's a lot of fun over there and topics range from anywhere from movies to TV shows to food to Garden. gardening to... All sorts Comic of fun books. stuff. There's even like a meme channel, which is a lot of fun to hang out in. Memes on memes on memes. memes I thought you said mean. Um, there's memes, also a meme challenge. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. If it wasn't Everyone's, super clear, like yeah. we have two more episodes that we're releasing this week. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So if stay you're new, tuned. If you're new to Nerd On, we do Subscribe. this uh, annually. On Rate our, us. Comment us. Yeah. Or on, comment our, on our anniversary uh, week, we like to release a trilogy of episodes on yes. a trilogy that we love. Because this is the so. time to do it. This is it. Well, it's I about that time. It. I love it so um, much. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. Uh, as Corey said, uh, and do stop by, rate, and review us. It does help us. Uh, but yeah, that's been it. Episode one. Check out the next episodes tomorrow and the day after that. You know the drill. As always, what are the 21 gigawatts. Ending broadcast.